Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Military families are not like your traditional family. They are strong, brave, resilient, and some of the most incredible people I know. My name is Gracie, a U.S. Army brat, and I am your host. I am honored to be able to give military family members like myself a place for them to share their stories and experiences in the military life. Stay tuned for this week's guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Grace of a Military Child in Life. Today, I'm super excited because I have an Army brat and a Navy sibling with me, Lorelai. So Lorelai, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Good. It's nice to be on here. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you. So tell me what it's like being both an Army child and a Navy sibling. Our house gets a little competitive around the Army-Navy game times. Yeah. I mean, it's really bittersweet because while my dad retired when I was really young, so I didn't experience a whole lot of that, not having your older sibling there can be really difficult. And that's something that I had to deal with growing up. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, you know, a lot of us military kids will experience not having a parent there. And that's, I mean, that's the definition of a military kid. That's why it's called, you know, kid or child. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But there are so many people who have an older sibling who joined the military, and it's such a different lifestyle when, I mean, I haven't experienced it. I'm the oldest child, but it's so different when you have a sibling that you should be growing up with, you should be doing all of these things with, but that person is not there. It definitely was difficult because I feel like, oh, I got to watch all my friends and their siblings have a great time growing up together. And there's already, there's already like an issue because my brother is 10 years older than me. Right. So anyways, like he'd be going off to to college or whatever that may be when you're growing up and, you know, getting into high school and middle school in those years. And so, but then joining the military, it's like where he could have gone to college locally, Mm -hmm. he's going who knows where in this world yeah yeah actually just he just went world in college so he's staying here for now <laughs> <laughs> well that'll be nice to have him you know close by mm-hmm. yeah he keeps telling me that he's had all this years of not being able to pick on me and here he is and he's being extra annoying <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes right yeah it's it's mm-hmm. such such a weird world what do you remember from the years that your dad was in do you remember much? I, I remember a little bit just about him leaving and like day to day, like just not being there and then coming back. I was just like, that's the extent. My brother, he actually, he dealt with a lot about that. He's not going to bring him up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I didn't really deal with that a lot. I did deal with the moving and getting used to that. I actually just moved here recently and I was like, I thought we were done with this, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah um, I just... Basically everything every military child feels having a parent leave and then come back. Just yeah. Yeah. And that's hard enough as it is. And then mm-hmm. you experienced the transition from military life to retiree life, which mm-hmm. I mean, I was 12 when my dad went through that transition. And it was the hardest thing I ever went through. I feel like because of how young I was, I was able to get used to it a little faster, but I feel like also in the end, because we moved this past year, it definitely did mess me over because I was so used to it that it yeah. just kind of sent me through this whole loop and it was just awful. And 
Hopefully yeah, this is where we stay. <laughs> as, we stay for parents. Right. As military kids, you're you're so used to just packing up and moving and packing up and moving and packing up and moving and making new friends. And, you know, you're so used to the day to day of, OK, is is my parent going to be here? Are they going to be gone? You know, what's that going to be like? And then it's just like you're plucked right out of it and thrown into the civilian world. And it's like, I feel so lost now. No one understands what I just went through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) What was, what kind of things were going through your head? You know, even though that you were such a young age, but like going through that military life and then trying to be a civilian in the civilian world. From what I remember, I remember being like kind of confused. I was like, why are we here still? Yeah, that's about it. I think I did look out to the age that my dad did retire because he retired. And I think it was like six or seven. Yeah, I'm not sure. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good age (laughs) to where, you know, Mm -hmm. that's about my dad had a seven year break in service. So I was about eight when he reenlisted. And so going from. I mean, I was an infant when he got out. I was born in 2002 and he got in in 2003 and or got out in 2003. And so I was an infant. And so I did not remember anything of the military life at all. Um, throughout my childhood, I remember like flipping through scrapbooks saying, oh, you know, this is me going to Fort Leonard Wood to visit you and <laughs> things like that. Um, literally, we have a, a photo album of my first trip on a flight and it was to go to Fort Leonard Wood to visit him. And so, you know, little memories like that Mm -hmm. throughout my childhood and seeing his military gear that he had in the house and, you know, being able to say I'm a military brat Mm -hmm. and things like that. (laughs) Um, But then transitioning from civilian life into military life is so challenging. And then there was literally a four-year time frame that I experienced in the military life. Mm -hmm. And I had two moves in there. And then we were just like, all right, we're done. We're in retiree life again because you medically retired. And so things like that are just so challenging, the transitions that you you face as military kids. Mm -hmm. I had about, I had a few years between my dad in the military and then transforming into sibling military life. And, you know, those two years, I was like, I don't know, it's just like, I kind of like envy it a little bit because I did have my brother around, but I did spend like past few years without him and he just got out of the Navy. So it's kind of like, whoa, this is new again. Yeah. So I'm in that, I'm in that like adapting period and I'm, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm just, just still getting used to it. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what it was like when you found out that your brother was joining? I didn't comprehend it at first. All I remember is him going to these meetings every Wednesday and he'd just come back after an hour or so. And that was it. I was like, okay, he's going in the Navy. What ifs? I didn't really care. Yeah. But it was I one of the most vivid moments in my life that I remember is waving goodbye to him at the airport. Well, bus area. I remember so many airport days. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sending him off that way. Cause he had to go. We lived in Pennsylvania, so he had to go to Chicago for boot camp. And I'd never been to Chicago. At that point, I was like, what's Chicago? Yeah. Which is really sad because I was like probably like eight or nine. <laughs> I stayed it's all in my good. bubble, okay? <laughs> but, it's all good. Mm-hmm. I remember like just 
watching them walk away and just feeling like, well, this is really weird. And they just wasn't there. And that was something that I had to understand because I was used to it with my dad in a sense, but I was not used to watching my big brother walk away because it was really like strange because I didn't expect it to be that soon. Even though I knew there was an age gap, like 10 years, and I knew it was going to happen. I just never thought he'd go in the Navy. Right. And it's different, you know, like we kind of said earlier of sending him off to college saying, okay, you're, Mm -hmm. even if it's just like the other side of the country or whatever, it's like sending them off to college and saying, all Mm -hmm. right, well, you know, you're off on your own now and you can still come back to visit whenever you want. We can come Mm -hmm. visit you, you know, all of this, but in the military, it's like, all right, well, we're sending you off. I don't know when the next time I'm going to hear from you is, or mm-hmm. I don't know where you're going next, or you could be deploying. And it's so, yeah. so different saying this person, not that we don't look up to our parents, but you especially look up to your siblings that you have. Mm-hmm. And so it's different saying, all right, well, who, who's my role model now? Yeah, it it definitely was really weird. And I remember his first deployment was just so confusing and sad because I would be like, I can't hear from my big brother. I don't know how he is because during boot camp, we'd hear from him. I'm like, okay, we hear from him. That's good. Bye with right. me. But then it just went to radio silence. And I feel like that was honestly like heartbreaking because it was really sad. And don't tell him this because you'll get an ego, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's how big siblings but- are. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just, I remember being like really upset just like really confused about it too. Cause in a sense I understood, but I didn't expect to see it from that point of view. Right. And then, you know, you go to school and your friends don't understand because, you know, mm-hmm. what friends have an older sibling who's joining the military and going on deployments and going to boot camp? That's just, it's like mm-hmm. unheard of. And so yeah. it's, the fact that you're trying to then find friends who relate to you or Mm -hmm. trying to get friends to understand what you're going through. Cause sometimes you might be sad and they're like, Oh, why are you sad? It's just your brother gone. And it's like, Mm -hmm. uh, no, you don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, something that's notable for me is over the years I've watched TV shows and there's military parent all around. I've never once seen a military sibling. Yeah. Well, at least as a kid, maybe like one time, but I don't really think it counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. It's just like, I never see that in shows or in books. It's just, and I read a lot. I, I bought two books today. I really shouldn't have because I'm kind of broke right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. You're going to yeah. read it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, I've never seen a military sibling. And that's just a perspective. I just, because I didn't have anything. I didn't have a guide. I didn't have anything to look into, to read, to watch, to fully understand it. Or have something to relate to or something that understands it fully. Because on the off chance, one of my friends had an older sibling. That older sibling went college up the road. They went to the community college in our area. Maybe just the college, like 30 minutes away. It was never several hundred miles thousand miles it was never months and time months and days of just no contact weeks nothing no words nothing at all it was never that and like you said they just they couldn't understand they were just confused it's just like a rough period yeah adapting to that right and it's you know we feel so so challenged when people don't understand what we're going through, whether that's, mm-hmm. you know, your days of a military child or your days of a military sibling or, 
you know, days of being a military family member as a whole. And so it's hard to to go through the emotions that are completely normal for us of sad, uh, sadness, loneliness, um, you know, anxiety and grief and everything in between and our happy moments too, because, you know, we have tons of those. Um, and so it's hard to, to take what we're going through and those emotions that are in a sense, very back and forth that you never know what's gonna go, gonna come your way and take all of that, put it in a bubble and say, this is what it's like being a military sister or, you know, mm-hmm. child. And it's hard to explain that to someone for somebody else to understand unless you've lived that role or a very similar role. I made it especially worse because where we, my dad decided to leave off was a not like rarely military rarely and if it was they were older they were retired no military kids around me and that made it definitely like it made it especially difficult because there was nobody who could just relate in general to the military lifestyle and I feel like if I had maybe had that it made it a little easier but I just felt completely isolated it was it was rough I mean I had to adapt obviously but it's nice to have him back because I see him out of the Navy and he seems a lot happier now yeah and I mean like you said, there are no really TV shows or movies or books that depict the mm-hmm. life of, I mean, military children, really, but then also military siblings. Um, everyone is just like, oh, you know, you see war movies, right? That's what that's when you think of military movies, mm-hmm. that's what you think of. And sure, it's like, you know, maybe a, a, pinch in there of a little bit of what what a military family member goes through um Mm -hmm. but most of the time you know my favorite military related movie is American Sniper and so the lead family member role in that is Chris Kyle's wife you know and so when he dies it's it's all of her that's you know shown the kids aren't shown much you know Mm -hmm. His siblings aren't shown much, you know, it, I think he had siblings. I can't remember right now, but you know, those other important family members are not really shown. So it's definitely something that you can't be like, Hey, here's, here's something that you can watch or read and get a little glimpse of what I'm going through. And most of the time it's not even factual, you know, it's like, all right, well, what is this? (laughs) Like, and even if like there is a sibling, they're always adults. They're older. They're right. they've gone through being adult, being in adulthood. Just not seeing your siblings normal for that. Right. But never children. And all those movies are so sad. And I cry because I'll cry because it's Tuesday. Yeah. I cry so easy. Yeah. <laughs> for no reason at all. Yeah, and it's nobody. Nobody gets that. And so unless you've lived that lifestyle. You could literally walk into school, be living the happiest day of your life. And then somebody just says, oh, well, I'm going to go home and see my brother. And then you're like, well, I can't go home and see my brother. And so that like it just little things like that can start to trigger emotions. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, like, why are you crying? (laughs) Like, you know, you have a brother. Why are you crying? It. It is so different. And then adding that age gap in, you're not getting ready to go Mm -hmm. to college when he's, you know, leaving, you know, it's, it's 10 years. And so that 
makes a huge difference. It definitely does. Like, because like when you grow up, you sort of have your brother there, your older sibling there, and that's you kind of you mold yourself in a way they're your role model. There, you look up to them. You're, you get their hand me downs. Yeah. When you have an older brother, you don't exactly get hand me downs, but I did meet somebody <laughs> I could look up to. Yeah. And unfortunately, with him being gone so much, it was difficult to have that in a sense. I mean, I do look up to him. I am very proud of him as a person, but it's just like vacant. I didn't have that older sibling to look up to to fight with every day. I had very few years of that. And even though I do remember a lot of that, like with the with the age difference, I'd hear his alarm blasting super early and he'd be like, dang it, no. Because yeah. I wouldn't have to wake up for several hours after that. But that's really kind of like those memories I have of being like that little and having my brother around. So yeah, <laughs> that made no sense. <laughs> no, I totally get it. And, you know, while it is challenging and it's hard and it sucks, you know, it makes you into a stronger person, right? Because you're being mm-hmm. more independent. You're figuring stuff out on your own because uh, you kind of had to take a step into that big sibling role for yourself mm-hmm. to kind of guide you through that. And having your big brother in the background and saying, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. still here, like just miles away, um, mm-hmm. like thousands of miles away, but still being there, but still also you know, you have to kind of fill that role yourself in a sense to, to, to become more independent. And, you know, you kind of get that, that feeling of being an only child, but it's the way it goes and you can't necessarily Mm -hmm. change that. And so you just, like you said, you adapt and you overcome and you figure it out as Mm -hmm. you go and you become stronger in the end of it. Mm I remember so many times as a younger child going to teen, I felt like I felt like I was an only child. And that was really weird. And it's really weird now because I'm kind of like, I have a brother. Why do I feel like this? Why do I feel like, because there's a lot of time where I did feel alone. And I there was already like that kind of issue because you're a teenage boy. You don't want to play with your like six-year-old little sister. You really don't. So it was already kind of like that issue there. So it was kind of like, being used to being by myself and that's just where that feeling of being like an only child popped up from nowhere and I don't like that feeling and I'm really glad it's kind of going away <laughs> it's exciting now so yeah <laughs> so yeah well and as you grow older things change and evolve and you learn new things that's that's the point of life so you know mm-hmm. you're not meant to necessarily be stuck in in one phase you just keep going and if you don't like where you're at, if you don't like how you're feeling, there's, you know, some, for the most part, minor things that you can change to make it better. Mm-hmm. And so you work with a bloom, is that right? Yes, I do. I'm a love grader for bloom. Yeah. So how did you get involved with bloom? I was, I remember this, I remember this to the day. <laughs> About it was over a year ago. Oh my gosh. Over a year ago now, it was January. I was in my living room and I was having like an okay day. I was chilling out. My dad's like, I have something for you. And I was like, what? It's like, I saw this on Facebook. It's this thing. You should join it. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I applied there and I got in. It was terrifying. My first ever interview, but I got in. I'm really proud of myself for it. Yeah. The first interview is always the hardest. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> but writing has always been a really big part of my life. So I'm really glad I can share my writing. It's been really surreal to see my name published and have people read it. Sometimes I'll check the little view count and I'll be like, whoa, that many people, that, that many, the, that many people saw what I just wrote. It's just, it's really weird. I'm so- I'm still getting used to it. Can you tell I'm really great with change? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's incredible. And seriously, like having your name tied to something like that is, is just incredible because if you go on Mm -hmm. to, to have a career in writing, whether that be like freelance Mm -hmm. or, you know, actually publishing a book or, you know, working with the media, like your name's already out there. And so that Mm -hmm. just, that's incredible. And so it's fun to look back and see, because I do it with the podcast all the time too. And the other day I looked on there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm almost at 8,000 downloads. Like this is just, this blows my mind that so many people have listened mm-hmm. to to my voice and these, these conversations that I've had with other military kids and, and spouses. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's seeing your work out there and seeing the difference it makes. It's, it's a really good feeling, but also a really strange feeling at the same time. Yeah, it definitely is. And I'm really grateful for the opportunities I've had of Bloom. I have a new article coming out soon. Yay! <laughs> it's about music. It's about music. Songs that I relate to. So check it out when it comes out. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's incredible. There's, there's something wrong with a little shameless plug, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I carry business cards and stickers and stuff around for a reason because you never know when good Mm-hmm. Good moments are going to come up to to plug your work. Exactly. But it's been really a great experience. And I hope I can carry through it fully through high school. But yeah. it's been really, really amazing, honestly, because writing has been a really big part of my life. I remember the first time I really put effort into writing. And it was in this one class because it was third grade. And she was like, okay, writing Wednesdays, we're doing it every Wednesday. And I was like, oh, this is new. Okay. <laughs> so I started writing every Wednesday. And it just became a thing that I just loved so much that I just continue to do it. And here I am. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, writing for me even too is such a great outlet for, you know, mm-hmm. even like you said, songs that you relate to. It's such a great place for you to to take what you're going through and what you're facing and mm-hmm. put that into words. Um, which is really, really, really hard. Like, let's just say that it's really hard to do. Um, but then it's so rewarding because you can look back on it and not only say, okay, well, this is where I started. This is what my writing was like. This is how the quality has improved. But you can also say, like, this is what I was going through at these moments of my life. Mm-hmm. And see how much you've grown, you know, physically, mm-hmm. mentally, everything, you know, throughout that process. Yeah. I try to avoid reading older stuff because I cringe too hard. And I'm like, don't, maybe, I <laughs> maybe I shouldn't even do writing. This is not for me. It's like, <laughs> what I used to write was horrible and I've, 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 I've done better now. I do better now. So. It's okay. Hey. That's what, you know, evolution. <laughs> yes. Improving, mm-hmm. evolving, everything. It's, it's there for a reason. It's it makes you stronger. And, you know, I will be honest with you. I don't even like going back and listening to my podcast episodes. (laughs) 
especially mm-hmm. the older days where I was like, all right, answer a question. I'd get a direct answer for it. And then I'd be like, next question. It was so choppy. <laughs> you know? yeah. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> I could never keep a conversation going for, for quite some time. So it's definitely, it is very cringeworthy going back and in reading old stuff, listening, like for me, listening to old podcast episodes, but it's like, it's so rewarding to see how far, you know, you've come from, from where you started, you know, in third grade writing and finding that passion of yours to, to where you are now and, and what's changed, what's grown. And you'll see places where you've significantly improved, you know, and places that you can still probably improve on, but that's, that's the whole point of it is, is getting better each day. Yeah. Considering my first ever thing fully, like fully, fully written that I have still was about an American girl doll. I'm going to say I'm doing a whole thing there when it comes to choosing what I write about. <laughs> There's always, I remember I did a lot of writing in, uh, in fifth grade specifically. And so my, my fifth grade teacher was very, um, Throughout the entire year, she really encouraged us to be creative and to to work on our storytelling ability. Because at the end of the semester, we got the opportunity to, it was just like a, a little, you know, you look back on it and you're like, oh, this is really cool. But, or in the moment, it's really cool. But then you look back on it and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, it was really fun in the moment, but I don't know if I'd ever do it again um, mm-hmm. type of thing at least for me. And so what we were able to do is we were able to take um, our writing and actually put it in book form. And so it was published in, in a book. Um, It is not available for purchase, but uh, it was one of those like limited time things uh, where it's like you scan the QR code or you type in the code on the website and you could pull a Pull up that specific book that you wrote. I don't know. It's like the school like program. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really cool, you know, to be able to to put my my work into writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just that entire year, she just encouraged us so much to to write, to uh encourage like putting what we're going through on paper and our thoughts. And I had a support group that I went to for children of wounded warriors and so you know she always encouraged journaling and so you know it's really special looking back on it but Mm. at the same point yeah I'm like uh, my writing has been (laughs) so much better than this Mm -hmm. I feel like if I was in fifth grade it'd be like the coolest thing ever oh yeah oh my gosh I (laughs) loved that and that teacher was so proud of me and because I wrote it on my dad like like I said he was a wounded veteran so it's it was definitely a powerful thing and but I just look back on it and yes I'm really proud of what I did I know everyone else is really proud of of what Mm -hmm. I put together but at the same time it's like yeah this this could have been way better (laughs) So there is self-publishing now. Amazon uh, allows you to self-publish your books, which is really cool. Um, I don't know the process of it. I know somebody who's done it. Um, Shannon from The Shannon Show, because I just love Shannon. (laughs) One time, The Shannon Show commented under my blog article post, like on Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh, The Shannon 
to like my article. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I will have to tell Shannon that. He will love that. Shannon is the best. (laughs) Shannon's the best, honestly. He's the best. (laughs) But he did self-publish a book Mm -hmm. and through Amazon, Dear Military Teen. And I'm so sorry, Shannon, but I still have not read it. Um, it is on my list that I still do need to to buy and to read. He gave me like a little a little snippet of it, which it's really good. And I am excited to go mm-hmm. through it and to read it, um, you know, helping military military teens out because, you know, he was mm-hmm. once one. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. You just bought books today. It's all good. I did a little book right now. <laughs> Give it a little time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I always like to end it with is asking what advice would you give to another military kid? But for you, what advice would you give to another younger military sibling who's going through what you went through with your brother joining? This is a good question. I feel a bit special. (laughs) (laughs) You get your very own special question. Wow. (laughs) I try to think. I feel like you just put me on the spot. I know. That's the Um, point of it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess keep your head up. I know that is such a like mundane thing to say because you hear that over and over again. Like, yeah. I made an article about this. Hey. Yes. (laughs) But um, but honestly. It does get better with time. I mean, like when I first, when he first got it, I was so devastated because I didn't have that. And now I have it again. I'm kind of like, go back. (laughs) Just had that in a way. But honestly, (laughs) honestly, at the end of the day, it seems terrifying. Like you don't know where they are. You don't know where they could be. It's just like, it's, it's awful. It really is. And there's no sugarcoating that. But over time, it does get slowly better. I mean. You'll hear from them, I promise. This is, like, so horrible. I'm sorry. (laughs) No. You're doing great. I'm just, like, like better at advice. It's hard when you're put on the spot, but it's also the best advice when you're put on the spot. Mm -hmm. It's just really sticking in there and just waiting it out. Because at the moment, I know right now, like, I'm I'm. Putting this in perspective for whoever's listening, I know right now it's probably like one of those moments is like, whoa, I don't like this like whatsoever. This is horrible. I really hate this. No one can relate to me. But there are people who relate to you. You just and even if you can't find them, they're out there. They understand what you're feeling like feeling and what you're going through. And it's just one thing I can't stress enough is you aren't alone because you have your parents with you. You have maybe younger siblings. And even if they aren't there with you physically in spirit your older sibling is cheering you are and still they still love you they think about you they miss you and it's just one of those things it's like it's gonna be okay at me and I know so annoying to hear that I I've heard that way too many times and I can't believe here I am saying it myself <laughs> but <laughs> but like it it'll be better I promise you just need to stick through the storm because sometimes when the worst of storms are present it's raining it's pouring the old man is snoring. I can't believe it is so yes. bad. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say something sometimes like that. Yeah. <laughs> but 
it'll get easier. The storm will pass. The sun will come soon. But one thing I can't stress enough is if you are in a position where you feel like you need someone to talk to, do it. Talk to somebody. You need to get those feelings out. It's best to not fully let that build, like a like let all the rain into the bucket. Just don't let that happen. This is really all over the place, but moral of the yeah. story, it'll be okay. Your sibling loves you. You are never alone. And it's good to talk to people when you need help because your mental health is important. Yes, and absolutely. I can never stress that enough. Yes, I love that. Well, thank you, Lorelai, so much for being on the podcast and sharing what it's like. Thank you for having me. Not only being a military kid, but also a sibling. I kind of collect the military lifestyle like Pokemon cards. So <laughs> terrible advice. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Grease of a Military Child and Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like, follow, and comment. Also, be sure to check out Instagram and Facebook at Grace of a Military Child and Life for more awesome content. For information on the podcast, Military Child Bigs and Littles, GoAMCL blog, or other resources, visit www.goamcl.org. You can also email me at Gracie. That's G-R-A-C-I-E at G-O-A-M-C-L dot org with any questions or comments. To be a guest on the podcast, you can schedule it at www.goamcl.org forward slash schedule a podcast, all one word, or contact me via social media or email. Stay tuned for the next episode where another incredible story is shared.